The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. This is a weekly show dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Maca19, and what we have tonight is part two of our list management Road to a Premiership discussion with Rick and Porsche. We will kick it off talking about the midfield. Hope you enjoy. All right, let's move on and talk about the midfield now. We'll uh, start discussing inside midfielders. Um, Porsche, your thoughts? Oh, look, I think we're actually pretty good in this regard. Um, as far as 2014 is concerned, and the only thing is just making sure we move the chains as uh, players get older and make sure we keep bringing young guys in. I think that... Um, Wines has been an absolute re- uh, revelation for us. I think that, uh, yeah, he might have a couple of down years in the next couple of years, but uh, going forward, he's a good clearance guy. Um, I'm also not really sure how many inside midfielders you really need um, that are you know, just traditional extractors. Um, you probably need three or four, but beyond that, I'm not really sure that you need more, many more than that. You really need the guys that can sort of work in that mid-traffic um, and just sort of get it out once the first guys hit the ball and got it on. Um, as far as age, obviously... Boke is very lonely in his bracket of 100 and 150 games. Um, he's, uh, he's got to do it all at the moment, and that's really unfortunate, but um, Warren Wines are going to give him a lot of relief there. Um, yeah, I don't see really any, any issue with our inside mids. I think they've all got a good size to them, um, good quality. We've just got to wait and uh, let the experience go up and uh, hopefully get some really good set players going in the midfield from whoever the midfield coach is this year. So, Is that Phil Walsh? Yes. I believe so. But then I think we're laughing. I think we're fine as far as inside mids is concerned. And our main concern is going to be getting it forward. I'm going to go against the grain and say that we probably need to look at another inside mid. That that might be an option at the end of the year. And I'll say why. I think that Cassisi's probably, this might be his last or maybe second last year. Um, Newton and Archie haven't played a game yet. I think uh, it's probably odds on that, that at least one of them might go at the end of the year. Um, and Young's no sure thing either. I mean, if we lose three of them at the end of 2014, um, we might be a little bit stuck on options there. Well, I mean, would you talk to someone like Ebert or Broadbent and try and get them into that role? Spot on. Matty Broadbent can play inside midders, I reckon. I reckon he could. I reckon yep. he's a pretty good shot. And uh, I, think, uh, I think we're carrying um a few too many inside mids looking at the previous teams where they've all been carrying about four or five uh and i i agree with what we were talking about earlier in the week Macca, that you know some of ours are unproven and might not be there and and Cassisi might be retiring but even if even if we lost Cassisi, newton and Archie, i think young more wines bokes enough and and as Porsche said, we could flip uh, Broadbent over as an inside mid. And, and look, Chad's hands and visions are amazing, so he could probably play as an inside mid if we wanted to as well. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think the other consideration is that, you know, look at Cassisi, he was drafted as a wingman, not as an inside midfielder. Um, guys develop as, that, as they get the body, as they get older. Um, you can see which ones have got the ability to work in traffic and which ones haven't, and we've got a whole bunch of guys that we can just really try out. With the Cassisi at 30 and Corns at 30, you know, these are two of our guys that are con- quite constantly in the contest. Um, we'll see some holes open up. Um, maybe we get someone like a Burn Jones or an Impey, you know, if we're really lucky, getting in there. Um, I know Jonas was got played in a tagging role earlier this year and maybe he's got a, a chance of maybe, uh, I suppose, becoming an inside mid just by default by the fact that he's got an opponent in midfield and um, he can dispose from there. We'll really just see. I think the proof's in the pudding for this one. I don't think we can really plan for it. But I think that as far as the elite, uh, inside mids, our first choice ones. I think we're fine, but I think yeah, I agree that we could do with a bit of depth there. 
but we might have that and we just don't know it. I'm pretty happy with uh, the players that we've got doing those roles. I mean, more could be anything. Yep. Uh, Wines looks like he could be anything as well. Boke's already a superstar. And you look across the list, except for North 96, um, they've all got at least one superstar inside mid that we've classified as. You know, you're looking at sort of Gary Ablett, Brett Kirk, uh, Sam Mitchell, um, even guys like Stephen Williams, Tim Ginevra and Andrew Olves were, were superstar SNFL players in 88. Yeah. Can I just make a quick aside here, which is that going through these lists, I kept coming back to North Melbourne as one of the worst examples in almost every category, and it just really tells you how good a player that Wayne Carey was because he carried that side. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, who's their inside mid-star, Rock? Well, we yeah. had uh, Anthony Rock and uh, Adam Simpson was pretty young at the time. Uh, there mm. was Armstrong as well. I guess Anthony Stevens. Yeah, was Stevens was a bit inside. Inside as well, and, and Peter Bell as well, I guess. Yeah, he wasn't on this list, though, was he? None of them. No, none yeah, of them I've got compare. him in the outside mid. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Tim Ginever was the master, though, wasn't he? He was. He was. Mm. Unfortunately, these days, if, you, if we were to have a Tim Ginever, he'd need to grow about 25 centimetres. <laughs> we'd play him on the rookie list as a super sub. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. All right. Well, moving on to the more sort of outside or general mids. Um, how do you think we're situated with them? I, I think we're, we're situated pretty damn well, to be honest. Yeah, look, um, I was a bit more concerned before I started doing this analysis. Um Again, I, I sort of was of the belief that you needed to have, you know, really classy flankers um, coming in as outside mitts. And uh, really, it looks like the most important things are just having guys that will contribute every week that won't drop their head and will just be accountable, reliable, and have got the fitness to do the job. And I think we've got those sorts of guys in Ebert and, and I suppose, in Broadbent. Um, I think I see anything that I know about White that's coming in. Um, you know, these guys, they, they can run and they can just be there and they can be accountable. Um, you could do with a bit, probably a bit more depth there, I suppose. Um, but I guess that one other thing among all these um, premiership sides that I forgot to say in the first part, which is that they all have a tremendous physicality to them. Um, not that they go around thumping blokes, but that if you get in the way, you're going to come off worse for it because you just happen to be in the way. And I think that that's an aspect that we really should be looking to work on. It's just making sure these guys, just every day, they're just out there, they're tackling, they're just hitting hard as hard as they can. Not because they want revenge or because, you know, they think it's tactical or anything like that, but just because it's what you do because you're Port Adelaide footballer. And uh, I think that guys like Ebert and Broadbent, they're going to do that. And I think they can be a lead for anyone else we decide to bring in in that respect. And I know this is unusual to talk about when we're talking about outside midfielders, but, uh, look, I think that's going to be a real important thing as far as uh, setting up a machine that can uh, grind through opponents. Um, We've got a bit of class there in Wingard. Uh, It would be nice maybe to have a little bit more, but um, I'm not sure that we necessarily need a lot more than that. But it would be good. I think Pollock, Wingard, Broadbent, Harlett and Ebert is a fantastic core group to have going forward. And look, they're going to be ready in probably, you know, two years' time. They'll be pretty much at their peak, I think. Yeah, well... Don't forget forget White, too. Well, White's on there as well, and obviously Colquhoun and and a couple of others. But um, I think they're the real core Mm. uh, that you look for. Those those five players are uh, the core that we're going to look at going forward. I guess the other thing I'd really like to see is another long kick. That'd be that'd be really good to see because we've got Hartlett there. Wingard's pretty good, but um, if we could just get another outside mid that can just really barrel it, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's what Polex for, isn't it? That, that's uh, well, that's his we'll job. see. We'll see. Yeah, not convinced. Look, I'm really unconvinced because his form wasn't great, and I didn't really like him as a junior. But you know, I could be wrong. It happens. Mm. <laughs> it's good that you can admit it. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're doing better than me. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we match up very well against the other premiership sides that we've 
we've looked at here. I think oh, we yeah. match up incredibly well. Oh, yeah. I think we're already... It's only really maybe Geelong with their Bartel, Corey, Kelly, Triumvirate. Yeah, but Kelly was playing in defence most of the time anyway, wasn't he, at that point? No, Corey was, sorry. Corey was playing in defence mostly yeah. anyway. Mm. No, I agree with you, Macker. I think uh, the outside mix, uh, mid, the numbers and the games played is almost there. It sort of stacks up pretty well. And I, I also agree with Porsche about it's a whole mentality thing. And I'm taking us way off the topic of football with cricket. But if you look at the, the current Ashes series, how our mindset has just changed as a playing group from mm. me to actually standing up for themselves and being intimidating. And I, th- Portia, I think that's what you're saying about even though they're outside mids, it's the same thing. They've got to stand up for themselves and they've just got to roll through people to get get to the pole instead of being that lonely type where you just sort of hang out and wait for it to come to you. So uh, I agree completely. And uh, But I think we've got the players there now that should have the confidence in their physical attributes to be able mm. to, uh, to play that style of play. Yeah, look, again, I guess the only thing I'd quibble about there is the terminology. I don't think they should be standing up for themselves because I think they should just be innate to them. They should just be ploughing through anyone that gets in the way. That's the, really the way to look at it. It's not personal. It's not that, you know, you might have a sign of weakness if you don't stand up for yourself. It's that, you know, you've got a job, you know what you need to do, and you're going to do it. I think that's the way to look at it, and I think that's the way they're being trained to look at it, not give up, just keep going. Mm. And I think it helps that Eve and Broadbent are old-time Port fans as well. I know that uh, we don't recruit for that, but, gee, it's really nice that they've got that uh, ethos there and they understand how it works. Yep. Mm. Look at utilities, I guess. Yeah. Now, in this category, look, I kind of disagree with how they've been categorised. Um, I think that Heath and Jonas, I think they can play as utilities, but I'd really just have them as defenders, quite honestly. Um, yep. That's my first consideration. Um, Paul Stewart, we've already talked about how he's been a little bit disappointing. Um and, yeah, he's a utility, but he's basically going to be an interchange player if he comes in. Um, the remaining guy is, uh, I suppose, my favourite player, Cam O'Shea. Good old O'Shizzy. Um, our answer to Adam Goods, hopefully. Um, he was fantastic this year. I think that he's got a lot of confidence up, and I think that's important for a player in his role. And uh, look, it would be nice to have another one, but that's a luxury I don't think any of the clubs in this dynasty list have really got. They've usually had one really good utility, if that, if any, and then that's been it. So... Yeah, we're in a lucky situation. He's going to be a unique matchup for us going forward, and uh, we just need to make sure he's got the support he needs as far as not getting caught out by his opponent, making look, making him look like an idiot. Um, I think our defence, as they get experience, they'll be better at that. And, uh, you know, the sky's the limit, basically, is his performance. He's going to be our Andrew Embley, in a way. Um, when we're really bad, he's probably going to look awful, and when we're really good, he's going to look like the best player in the world. Yep. Well, Sid- cool. Sydney's cool. only really had the, the, own, the, the main star utility, haven't they? Yeah. With, with goods, well, yeah. Yes, yeah. You could argue... They, they had goods. I, I think North had uh, Craig Scholl, who was a very, very good footballer. You know, he was a... I think he was an old Australian or, or at least a Victorian representative centre-half back and then kicked a lot of goals at centre-half forward as well. Yeah. Um, the others, I mean, you're looking at sort of Max Rook, who was a, a bit more of a brute. Um, Osborne as well uh, could sort of swing small forward, small defender and... Mm. Um, Port 88, you're looking at sort of maybe just Richard Foster, really. Um, Meaty hadn't played a game yet, and Tyler was sort of struggling as a as a too small sort of key forward or, or key defender at that point in time. He was behind Stuart Hodges. I think that was the only real problem. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. But, uh, yeah, utilities, I think we're fine. It'd be nice to have more, uh, another really good one, but uh, I don't think we need to go nuts and draft four of them. <laughs> That's it. Well, on to Rucks. I think we're looking pretty okay. We could probably mm. do with another young one to develop. Yep. But uh, in terms of our main ruts, I think we're looking pretty good. 
Yeah, look, I've been absolutely astounded by how Lobby's come on. I think that Toots Hibbets must be haunting him and making him perform because I never thought he had this season in him. I've seen him in previous seasons. He was just such a dumb ruckman. He'd get in arm wrestles that he was going to lose and he'd get tangled up and all sorts of things. It was really disappointing. He looks like he's finally learnt that he has a big body, that he can not necessarily get caught up if he doesn't need to. And I suppose the ruck rules have changed a little bit to avoid that as well, avoid the wrestling. And he's just come forward absolutely brilliantly as a ruckman that can get it to the target. So, look, he's great as a number one ruck. Um, I'm still very happy with Redden. I think that um, he's got a lot of potential still. I liked him when we drafted him. I still like him now. I haven't seen anything that have made me think anything other than he'll be a good, competent ruckman for us. Um, I agree with you, Maka, though, that we really could have considered drafting another guy. Um, I guess going back to our 2000s series, uh, uh, of ruck injuries, you know, we've, we've had it happen before. We've had two ruckmen injured and then we've been relying on the third and fourth. So uh, um, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's a position I, I would love to have just that one more guy about 20, old, 20 years old or even have an old guy that's about to retire, someone there that uh, can just be that extra stopgap. And I don't really rate Renouf to do that. Um, I guess, though, again, we're talking about the Tools draft next year. Um, and we're looking at a premiership window, we're talking about having two or three mature Ruckman by, say, what, 2017, 2016. Um, Then if we draft one next year in the rookie draft, we'll draft two in the rookie draft next year, there's a reasonable chance that we'll have something that can at least be a a fill-in Ruckman in case something happens to Redden or Lobby in any given season. But I think that our top two guys, look, I think they're as good as any in the competition, really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just, I think everything you said spot on it's just we probably could do with another uh young one coming through uh for depth and when you compare the previous sides uh they all seem to have uh four players uh, as rutmans on their on their list except for north melbourne in uh, 96 where they had mckernan and campuano and that was it um mm. you know but i guess if the club didn't think there was anyone there to to fill that need yeah. uh, i guess why why fill a spot with someone that they don't think it's capable anyway, I guess. So, yeah. uh, but I, I hope uh, you know. Same with the forward argument. Um, maybe next year we look at bringing someone in, and maybe that's the mature age that we could get in for a bit more depth. Target. Yeah, sure. uh, I'm a mature age Rutman uh, to give some bit more backup. I'm, I'm of the same uh, opinion. I'm just not convinced on Renouf, and I've mm. been. I found him underwhelming since he's come here, and. Uh, you know, one thing I thought was he was going to bring a lot of physicality, and I and I haven't seen that uh, from mm-hmm. him. I thought that's what he was all about as a Rutman, and and uh, I was going to use the word insipid, but that's probably a bit too <laughs> too severe. But I'll, I'll just say, yeah, he's been very underwhelming for me from a physical viewpoint. So, and I, I also agree. I think Redden and Loeb are going to take us forward for you know the next five to eight years uh, quite easily. Um, mm. So it'd be nice to just see someone come in behind them and, and start doing their um, penance and uh, working their way up. So in four years' time, Loby will be 28 going 29 and the next one will be coming through. Yeah, and just this one other thing I really I just thought of it then, which is why I didn't mention it before. Um, as far as free agency is concerned, if that keeps going forward the way it has been, I think we're in a really good situation to potentially see Ruckman as the best sort of free agent you can get. Um, the way free agency works is not on games played. It's work, uh, worked out on seasons on the list. So you can quite often get a development ruckman that has three or four years before he even plays a game. He's still got probably the same number of games in him as someone younger uh, that's a uh, midfielder and plays from, you know, 18. So you could get some real value with a, a high-price uh, ruckman, you know, turning, what, 27, isn't it? 26, 27? You could still get a solid five years out of any ruckman that you get as a free agent. And I don't know that it's necessarily one available next year, but I think that in coming years we're going to see those guys... Uh, 
as a really viable option, you know, if you need uh, something worked out for you, getting those uh, big ruckmen in as uh, free agents because you get a lot of value out of them. Well, I think a lot of premiership sides have had that. Mm. You know, sort of uh, recruited, Darren, you know, sort of mid, mid-age to later-age uh, ruckman. Darren Jolly's a classic one there, isn't he? Well, yeah, even Jason Bowl as well. You know, yep. Stephen King um, or Brad Ottens as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, there, there's quite a lot of options there, I think. Uh, yeah, I think probably 2000, 2014 would be the year to draft a ruckman if we're going to do it. Yep. Um, just so that in that sort of three or four years' time, they'll be 22 and ready to go. Um, but I do like your free agency plan as well there. I think that's a good one. Should we go straight into free agency? <laughs> yep, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, look, we're looking at free agency for the 2014 off-season now, and I'm just going to go straight into where I finished. Todd Goldstein unrest- is a free agent this year. North Melbourne Ruckman is exactly the sort of guy you'd be talking about as someone that's got a lot of years ahead of him. Um, what would is you he, Isn't he negotiating a new contract? He can negotiate all he wants, but we can start making offers now, can't we? We thought that Alan Richardson was down for another year, but St Kilda kept talking to him, so we'll find out. True, very true. <laughs> well, maybe North Melbourne are keen to uh, throw a new contract. Yeah, well, that could easily be it, couldn't it? Would that spell the end for, if we went for, like, Goldstein, though, wouldn't that spell the end for maybe Redden? No. Why would we not have three good ruckmen, especially if Redden, as we've just talked about earlier this podcast, if Redden gets a bit of time up forward? Mm. Look, honestly, I love ruckmen. If they're good ruckmen and you've got a, if you've got three mature ruckmen that you can justify playing in your side in other positions, which we know that uh, Lobby could play a bit of centre-half-back sort of position, uh, Redden could go forward. You know, that's a huge strength. I mean, I know that guys like Wines and Wingate would absolutely love the ball tapped down their throat. Imagine how deadly that would be. <laughs> you I'd couldn't know, carry think... all three in the one side, though, surely. Well, we did it back in 2003 and 2004, didn't we? We had, what, uh, Brogan, Primus, French, Blade, all bobbing around the place occasionally. I don't know. You forgot your favourite player, Kane Ackland. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look, I, I like Kane Acklin, but I was not. I can't remember who it was on the port board that said that he was going to be an All Australian one day. I'm not sure who it was. Oh, God. <laughs> I what, hope in that what wasn't sport? me. I really hope that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, back on other free agents. Todd Goldstein, as I mentioned. Um, there's a couple of other interesting ones, interesting ones coming up, and I suppose this goes back to the defender thing that uh, I discussed earlier about how maybe we didn't need to draft one in. Uh, there's guys like uh, Gary Ibbotson from Fremantle. It'd be really nice to get a piece of that Fremantle uh, intellectual property from defence coming in, and he's the sort of hole that we do sort of have. Um, Harry O'Brien, I know that most people hate his guts, but I'd love to just throw an offer in there and see what we could get. Um, get his name right. Yeah. Well, Harry yeah. Lumumba. Oh, ha- Lumumba. Oh, Harry Lumumba, wasn't it, or something like that. And, of course, the obvious one, Shannon Hearn. You know, he'd be a good pickup. Obviously, South Australian guy. He's very level-headed and he's, uh, you know, right in there as far as fitting our defensive group. Um, Bryce Gibbs, I suppose, we could go for, but I just don't think we would have the money or the uh, off-field capital to really draw him in. Not enough better I opportunities. I think He would be my number one option. I think in our current defence, he'd be a fantastic option for us, absolutely. I just sort of think at the end of the day, I just don't think we could get him. I'd, I'd, I'd play him as an inside midfielder. Really? Yep. Mm, okay. <laughs> Crows yeah, man, I'm, I mean, look, look honestly, I reckon he's played his best football. Yeah. in the in the guts. That's when he's played his best footy. Well, look, I mean, you'd be having to pay enough to get him over that you'd want to be want him to be able to play pretty much anywhere, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. He'd have a huge price tag on him, 
And it wouldn't just be the, uh, you know, the actual free agent cost, but he'd want to know that he was getting a hell of a lot of media money off the field as well, and that would be quite hard for us to promise, I think. Um, but those are sort of my main ones. What do you guys uh, got on your list for free agency? Well, I had number one, Bryce Gibbs. I think he'd be the perfect fit in terms of both age, experience, games played, uh, type of player that we need. Mm. Um, I, I think he's number one and should be number one on our priority list. Yeah. Um, the only the only other one I had was Shannon Hearn, and I think he, again, would look uh, pretty good playing in the midfield but would suit a half-back flank pretty well as well. Absolutely. And it goes, to that, uh, goes back to that point you made about having another player that can really hoof the ball. Yeah, yeah, very true. Well, um, Mission Impossible and REH were both big fans of, um, of trying to target uh, Ben Reid and trying to get him in. I love Ben Reid, but I just don't think he's uh, going to be a viable option. I can't see him leaving Collingwood, to be honest. The other, I can't yeah. see him leaving Victoria. So. Mm. The other enigma, um, talking about small forwards would be another injury-prone small forward Porsche, mm-hmm. Sean Higgins. Oh, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not into him either. I think uh, clearly a lot of people on our board are very interested, in it, and you can see why, because when he's fit, he's a, he's a very good player. I think... But he's, just not, he's just not fit enough, and he's... I don't know. I, there's just something about him that I don't like. Well, I think the main thing I don't like about him is his durability and the fact that if you're going to get a free agency in this market, you're going to have to offer him three or four years. I just don't see the value in that. Mm. Well, what about um, what about Hanson? He'd be another one to uh, uh, to look at anyway. I suppose you'd look at him. I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think if he was going to leave, he'd stay in Victoria. You're keen on um, Andrew Walker as well, aren't you, Porsche? Oh <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> I know that he's—I know that he's turned into a pretty good player since we had that chat about him drafting him a few years back. But uh, I don't know. I just—I just don't see the the value being there for us, really. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No. I probably am. No, I'm with you. Yes, I don't. Would be the perfect fit in terms of uh, again age and experience in the football. Mm. He, w- he would be the perfect fit, um, and that would be a massive coup if we could get him. But again. Sort of like Reed, I just can't see it happening. Yeah, unfortunately. But surely, uh, if you if the team buzzes again this year, and so it really proves that we're on the up, and, and we've got the money in the bankroll to to offer Ben Reed good coin, surely he'd have to consider it. I guess he'd consider it, but he'd probably have a, a, a pretty equivalent offer staying in the same state he's already in. That's the main problem you face with luring away the Victorian guys. It's a bit different with someone like White, who's a, a fringe player, and we've yep. offered him game time and, you know, four years you're going to play games. I mean, Reed's an All-Australian. He's going to play for Collingwood. You know, he's part of their first team for yep. as far as the eye can see, really. Yeah, exactly. So there's nothing really that we can offer him in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of playing games. It would just simply be money, really. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if you're going to do money, I mean, there's other teams that uh, worse run than us that have got a very good reputation for doing things like that. I reckon Richmond would be willing to give him a huge amount, a huge amount, for no real reason. They would just do that because that's Richmond. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, I think we could be... It's too, With 10 Victorian teams in any given year, two or three of them are going to be totally shit and they're going to be thinking, let's throw all our money at this big Victorian player and turn it all around. That's the problem with the Victorian-based guys. I guess uh, what we should talk about is really an overview now of, of where our list is at um, and the real pressing needs, I guess, um, and therefore 
who's likely to leave at the end of the year and what our draft wish list for 2014 should be. Um, I've got my basically my off-season changes, assuming that there's no obvious change in form. We're going to see Cassisi go retirement most likely. Uh, Dulist Hitchcock, probably Archie, I don't reckon he's got it. Paul Stewart you probably get rid of. Stevenson I'll almost certainly get rid of. And Newton I just don't think I don't think he's going to make it. Um, so you're looking there basically at a, what, a couple of midfielders and a, a bunch of flankers, um, and a couple yeah. of tall flankers there specifically. So using the old uh, what you give it, what you uh, drops is what you recruit method, we might have a bit of that in mind. Um, I guess that you've got uh, the possibility of getting a key position forward. It would be really nice to do that, I suppose. I wouldn't be against it, but I'm just not sure that it's really going to work out as far as timing is concerned. It's a huge risk for us, and if we're going to do one, we probably should do a couple. I don't know. Or maybe not. It's it's a it's a tough call. I don't have an answer for it yet. Um, as we discussed before, ruck option on the rookie list, one or two, definitely. Um, goal kicking midfielders, I I still like that as an option, just to boost our secondary midfield and also maybe as in the forward line because we've got those injury prone guys like uh, Gray and uh, I know that um uh, what's his name Monfrey's played pretty well for us last year, but he has got a pretty bad track record of unfortunately getting injured. Um. And I, yeah, those are probably, I suppose, the main the most main target I'd have is just that really good uh, long kicking or goal kicking midfielder and a key position forward. Um, I definitely don't want to see us draft any third tours at all for the next three years comfortably. Um, they've got to have genuine height or we don't bother. Yeah, I agree with Stevenson uh, going. Mm. I think, uh, and I agree with Stuart, if he can't show it this year, I don't, and I don't think he can. And Hitchcock and Cassisi, I mean, there's probably four. Key targets. I'd, I'd yeah. probably, I'd probably be inclined to give Archie one more year after this year, depending on what, it, depending on his curve for this season. Though, I mean, if he just fizzes for the whole season, yeah, fair enough. But if there's an upward curve, because he's still young, he's only 19, and mm. uh, he has been, uh, he, he has had a uh, an injury which has been holding him back a little bit. And I just, you know, I mean, we drafted him as a as a young player. Um, you know, so I, I think we've got the the coverage to maybe keep him on the list another year, yeah. unless there's going to be so much value add. And I'd be keen to probably get rid of Renouf and, and get two other different type Rutman on to see something different as well. Yeah, well, with Archie, I suppose he's one of the guys that's really going to benefit from the new reserve structure. Um, because I think that that's going to give us a lot of uh, opportunity to focus the guys at SNFL level um, in the areas that we actually think they could play in AFL level, which I think is not currently the place, uh, currently the case. Um, and I think he could, I suppose he could really benefit from that, having a, a mock structure that's similar to the AFL team of sorts, that he can go, okay, this is my role, and we can see how he can perform in that role. And if, you know, that role that we've decided, you know, that's your role, Archie, and if he doesn't do well, well, then it makes it a very easy decision to cut him. But at least we'll have some idea, now that it's under our control, how he plays and where he plays. Well, that's exactly right because I had a I had a chat to him earlier in the year and um, and uh, you know he was saying it's a bit difficult to get a shot with the Port Magpies midfield in 2013 with mm. the midfielders that they were playing. So you're spot on the money now with the reserve side structure. If that's what they want, they should be able to get more opportunity for him to to play that role now. Yeah, they'll be playing him as a uh, starting centreman, you would think. You'd hope in so. The and you'd have Sam Gray, obviously, in the guts. Mm. Yeah. But I guess, as a reserves, you've got an opportunity, I guess, to more so take Gray out of the guts instead of being the, uh, the mm. dominant midfielder. 
put him onto a flank to give the other guys a bit more of an opportunity. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of angst about that, I think. I think that we've sort of been all going one club, but I think there's going to be a lot of Magpies fans that are going to be annoyed by some of the changes that get made in the coming years. Yeah, but... Uh, oh, well, they'll have to deal with it, won't they? Oh, really? that's, that's my view. We certainly shouldn't no be pandering to them. Mm. Mm. Well, I pretty well agree with uh, most of the delistings there. I think one of Archie or Newton will go, one will stay. Um, I think Cassisi will retire. I think Logan will leave, whether he retires or gets delisted. Um, you know, if we want to bring in this young defence, I, I just don't really see a spot for him in the side anymore, to be honest. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, I think that you keep Logan around for the same reason that we've kept Logan around this long, which is that you've got to be better than him to get your spot. I think that's exactly the role he plays in this set team. I yep. like the idea of, yeah, Impy getting games, but if he can't beat Logan out of his position at 28 and as a guy that's been on one-year contracts since forever, maybe he doesn't want it enough. Maybe he can wait a year. Yep. Mm. That's fair enough. Well, the mm. finals the finals team, Tom Logan, deserves to be in the round one side. I thought, Absolutely. I know I've been... I've been his biggest critic over over the journey, but you know I can't knock him for that. The second half of the year and in the finals, I I thought he was bloody excellent, and he deserves his shot to start. If he, and I'm sure he'll bring his fitness back during the preseason. So, uh, yeah. and and the, and you're right, it's up to those boys to knock him off because you know we all know his disposal can be questionable at times. So if these boys are half decent and they they can show they've got the usage of the ball and the disposal and the fitness, well, then they, they should should be able to surpass them quite quickly. Yeah, absolutely. He needs to have a good year to stay on the list. And I think with Logan, he's, his whole career at Port Adelaide's pretty much gone good, poor, good, poor, good, poor. Mm. Um, he had a good year this year. He's due for a poor one going by his history next year, and I don't think he can afford that. Well, OK, here's a weird one. Um, let's say that he does get delisted at the end of 2014. Do we have a capacity to add him as a rookie in case of injury? Oh, I think you can add anyone, can't you? Well, I, I, look, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with that rule. But, I mean, if we did that, that would be a pretty good guy having coming in for someone that gets injured. You know, having Tom Logan yeah. come in, that would be pretty good. And he'd be playing in the reserve side all the rest of the time. Sorry, the Magpies. Mm. So. Yeah, look, I, he could get dumped from the main list, sure. But, um, you know, why wouldn't you keep him around? Because he's got the character and he's got the uh, work ethic that you need. Yeah. Um, if Newton, um, if Newton really stepped up to the plate this year, um, oh, yeah. he'd be he'd be one that I'd almost consider uh, looking for a trade too, if we can. Uh, he's not going to do enough in one year to merit a trade. I wouldn't have thought. I don't know. If he's done enough in one year to merit suddenly being tradeworthy, he's probably worth keeping. Um, mm. The guys that you want to trade are guys that uh, you think are probably near their peak, because that means you're going to get the optimum value for them, and ideally you get them when you think they just hit their peak and they're on the way down. Um, Look, I know that it's going to be really unpopular, but every year I sort of think, you know, maybe we should consider seeing what we could get for Robbie Gray. Um, I know he's a good player, um, but at the end of the day, his durability is always going to be questionable, and uh, maybe we could get something, you know, fairly decent for him. Might be a bit late now, though, don't you think? Uh-huh. He'll be, what, 26 on his way to 27? Yeah, well, you know, we Come just on. gave uh, White, 26-year-old, a, what, three-year contract, whatever it was, or... You know, I think yeah. he's certainly in that area that a club could say, yep, he's the sort of guy we need to take a chance on and he's going to be come for us, you know, maybe what, fairly what cheap. Did, or, I don't what know. did Richmond get from us for White, though? I don't know. He's a free agent. Free agent. Exactly. So yeah. uh, would Rob, Robbie would probably fit that same category, wouldn't he? I suppose he would by then, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, fair enough. We probably have missed the boat there. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to 
put him up the year of his injury. Uh, mm. I thought that was a good opportunity to, to. That's when his value I thought was highest, and I thought he was uh, replaceable. Um, but I think we've missed it now. I don't. I can't see. There's. I don't know if what there is. You know. I mean. What would you trade? I mean, if Butch has a breakout year, you're not going to trade him, are you? You know, and you know, you're not going to trade O'Shea. So um, you, I don't know who who would we offer up. Well, I know that you're offering uh, Young before this podcast, weren't you? Um, again, if he he's the sort of who? guy that yeah, what are you saying? Young Aaron Young oh. Aaron Young. That was me, I think. Oh, sorry, Matt, I was it? Sorry, Mac. I'm sorry. No, it was Rick. It was Rick. I'm sure. Yeah, it was. It was me. Yeah. I fessed up. I did. <laughs> I said if Young and if Young and Newton stepped up to the plate, I said we should maybe look at uh, offering them up and seeing what we could get. But I don't know yeah. if it would return enough to to Warren either. Maybe the other one could be maybe uh, Andrew Moore. Do we, you know, if he mm-hmm. if he steps it up, do we do we try and use that as a lever to to get access to a higher draft pick? Well, if we want to trade for needs, then look, I'd say someone like Andrew Moore or Matt Broadbent might be a tradable option. Yeah. Down the track, not that I'd. Probably want to, but you know, if if things don't turn out well with our key forwards and we desperately need to bring one in, then that might be an option that the club needs to look at. Um, just in the idea of you know someone having a good season and us trading him, I guess Pittard would be in that category. If he has a pretty good hey, season, he'd be one of those guys to consider. Porsche, I've told you this already. <laughs> <laughs> you just leave him alone. I'm leave sorry. the Jasper alone. <laughs> I like him, but I'm just saying, if you're looking at that sort of mid-age guy, you know, you think he has a good year and you think, well, that's pretty close to his potential, you might say, yep, yeah, this is the perfect yeah. time to sort of look and see what we could get. No, the Toby I'm... Thurston's rule. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so or frustrating that off-season. What should be now known as the Toby Thurston. The Toby Thurston's and Damon White. I would have traded both of them. I wouldn't have been saying, oh, gee, you know, only one of them. Trade them both. Would have done it at the time. Shame we didn't do it. Nearly happened. <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> I just have a big soft spot for Jasper and Matty Broadbent. I'm, uh, luckily, I'm not uh, one of the yeah. uh, breeders or trade personnel because <laughs> I just love both of their style of play and I, I just couldn't let them go. But it's, um, it's it's really funny how people go from being ruthless about let's trade this pick to get that, but as soon as yes. that draft pick's got a name, they just can't handle it anymore. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've lost all objectivity. But, mm. uh, yeah... You know, but I mean, yeah, I think I think some someone like Moore might be a, our, our best lever. I think he might maybe command a little bit than Jasper as well. If that's if that's what we deem we need to do to get up the dra- draft ranking to to get a better pick, that's oh, a lot of speculation. We perform well too, though. Okay, here's another horrible one um, or controversial one. If we are actually literally trying to trade the order, and I'm talking about like trying to go for top five or something like that from an okay first round pick, um, someone like Hartlett. He's yeah, Macker and I were keen. He's got the we pedigree. We were keen last year. We, I Macker? said all year that, that we should look at trading Hartlett. Yeah. But so, he kind of came good this year. He um, did. But that's the thing. He, he can improve on that. But that's the thing. He kind of came good. And if he kind of comes good again this year, you sort of think, well, you know, what is he going to be, 24? Yeah, we, mm. might, be make, we might make a move now. Yeah, and he's a, he's a type of player oh, that could command a high pick. Totally agree. Yeah, and especially because he was drafted early as well. I know people say it doesn't mean anything, but... Uh, Usually what that means is that every recruiter in the AFL has had a look at them and look, considered them very seriously. And uh, that's what the real value is. They have some knowledge of the player beyond, you know, just their AFL football. See, he seems pretty popular, though. Would he be would he, trading someone like him be one of those trades where it might undermine the fabric of the uh, culture I of the club? I think that 
players getting traded as a reality of AFL football, and I think that rather than that, it might become one of those things that gels the professionalism of the side because that's how AFL football works at every club in the league in every and in every code of football as well in the world. Um, all these guys follow EPL, they follow NFL, they follow NBA, they know how it works. It's the mm. profession they're in, and uh, if anything, losing a guy that's a good bloke because he didn't work quite hard enough or he didn't commit quite hard enough or he just didn't have it, that's a really good lesson for everyone else, I would have thought. And that's one that we haven't really had in recent years. Mm. No, yep. but look, I agree with you. If he if he had another un, uninjured year, mm. uh, unless he wins the Brownlow and wins a, helps us win a flag, sure. you'd you'd have to you'd have to seriously uh, consider depending on what would be offered up. Yeah, you'd look to see what's on offer. Mm. Mm. Especially if it could attract someone like Tom Boyd, because I tell you what, that depressed me looking at that guy on the draft stage. <laughs> How big is he? I know. Yeah. Yep, totally agree. <laughs> he was a monster. Oh, terrifying. I guess the thing that now needs to oh, be decided is uh, when are we going to be a premiership threat? What do we need to do to become a premiership threat from now? Um, is it just time? Is it just just getting games into players? I think that in some areas it's getting games into players. I think that in defence, I think that most importantly what Hinckley needs to do, and I think it's one of the huge tasks for him, is deciding what his first midfield, uh, what his first choice defence is going to be. And then just giving as many games to that as possible. You know, if Jonas has a bit of a dip in the mid-season, you don't drop him, you keep him in there because he's going to learn from that experience and he's going to be part of the team and he's going to be working together with the other guys, that sort of thing. So we could see someone like, you know, guys like Stevenson and Stewart that were set on the border... Honestly, I don't want us to get in one of those situations where we play them for 10 games in the hopes we might be able to get a trade for them. I'd rather just give those 10 games to new guys that are coming into the defence. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess as far as that's concerned, I think it is just a matter of experience. Key forward, that's <laughs> crossing our fingers and hoping, hoping we win cross lotto with one of these guys, Harvey Shaw or Butcher. That's, I don't think there's anything we can really do in 2014 to help with that. Small forwards is just hoping that they stay fit. That's a Burgess one. It's on him. Um, rucks, they're fine, they're going well in midfield I think that's just basically progression, they might have ups and downs but I think we've got enough there to work with unless we get huge amounts of injuries So when do we see us being a premiership threat? I reckon 2017 Yep, I think 16 or 17 Yeah, I think 16 is when we should be contending for top 4 again but uh, yeah, 2017 I reckon is the one where we should be top 2 I'm scared Why? I, uh, I, I'm looking at our, I'm just looking at our sheet, and that key forward um, column just scares me. It, uh, it, really, it just really, really scares me. It's like we don't have much there, even though we've got stuff there. We don't have much there, but I, uh, you know, if we follow nat- natural progression, I would have, I would have thought maybe 15 if we're if we're lucky. Um, but yeah, 16, 17 is um, probably a realistic. Uh, possibility if we keep following all the all the trends but yeah there's that key forward spot just uh yeah it's just really scary it's grim <laughs> especially well when it is grim when you, you we're hanging so much on butcher and you, as you said earlier it's it's almost not fair on him in a way but uh mm. you know there's such a gulf between schultz and westoff to them butcher with only um, you know, under 20 games uh, and then two untried players. I mean, we're really clutching at straws with our key forwards and, and that's probably going to be our Achilles heel 
in relation to uh, to really being a credible flag threat because everyone's as as you guys mentioned earlier everyone's had a key focal point forward through from 88 with scott hodges all the way all the way through to the the hawthorne of 08 and uh, that's that's my big worry yeah, and of course, a whole bunch of teams that we didn't look at specifically, like you had your Lloyd and Lucas at Essendon. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, this, that's another classic Lynch one. Lynch and Brown. Yeah, Lynch and Brown. There's yeah. a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Lynch and Hanson. Yeah. yeah. They're all there, basically. I'm going to say, I'm going to lock in 2016 as when we want to be winning a, or making a grand final, at least. So I think this year, if we can make the finals again, look for top four in 2015, 2016 needs to be the year where we're going to be making a grand final. I think we'll have a dip year in the middle there. I think we will. It's inevitable, really. Yep. Well, that would be, I would agree with that. That would I have to be this year, happen. really, wouldn't it? Um, like, no, I think, okay. Could possibly be this year. If, okay, if you want me to have a guess at a bet at it, I would say that this year we'll probably finish uh, aggressively mid-table, and I think it'll be a 2015 that'll be a dip year for us, and I think uh, that'll get the players focused. They'll think, gee, you know, it's not that easy to make the finals. We've really got to lift our game. 2015, you'll see them, you know, have a pretty good season, maybe finish close to top four, and then I think 2016 we'll really see a, I suppose, a hopefully a refocused uh, team with guys like what Wingard at 23, 24 years of age, Wines now in his early 20s, um, Boak 28, right near the end of his tail, but really kicking on. The midfield looks great, the defence looks great, it's just key forward, so, you know, and hopefully in that time we'll have had one of Butcher or Shaw or Harvey just really be that young genius that comes on fantastically that we haven't had since Bowen Lockwood, really, so... He's hoping. The thing is that we do have a very young... I mean, we do have be a, a prophet of doom. We do have a very young squad, and he's going to have the opportunity to grow together. Yep. I mean, in three years' time, it's, it's quite possible we're only going to be losing Cassisi, Corns, and Logan in that time, and that's it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Of the old guys. Um, so they're going to have every opportunity to grow together as a group, and, yep. you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll taste some premiership success. Well, that's the aim. It's been long enough. <laughs> it's been long enough. Yeah, totally agree. It would be oh, disastrous was, uh, for us to bottom when out. I was 22 cause... years old, I think, I'd seen us win nine premierships. Mm, mm. And now it's, yeah, nothing since. I'm getting anxious. Uh, honestly, I'd love, I love winning premierships, but what I'd really love to return to is just being able to go to a game on a given Saturday and know that we're going to steamroll through them. I'd love to be able to go to, it's like a Port Bulldogs game, like Port Western Bulldogs game, sorry. And um, know that we've just got the players that is going to do it. It doesn't matter what they do. We've just got the players in the system that's going to grind them into the ground and just go through there. I would love to have, you know, have that, that confidence in the team. Um, I know they try pretty hard at the moment, but that system isn't there. And if we can get a system going, even if we don't get premierships in the next couple of years, I would just love to see that back because I think that's what builds that real respect and it builds support and it builds you towards that premiership is having a system in place that you can rely on that works, even if it doesn't get your premiership straight away, it's something to build on, and we really lack that right now. Yeah. As much as I love this year, mm. it would have been really nice to have had a couple of easy wins at home. Yeah, well, not easy wins, but just, just, just system so, wins. Just so you didn't have to bloody have a heart attack in the last quarter every single <laughs> game. Yeah. Would have been nice. Yes, it would. But that, the Collingwood game at home was almost that systematic win, though. We were, we were quite dominant for the bulk of that game, and I thought we're, I really saw yeah, where our future was with that but game. How many goals can we get the same way, though? That's the problem, from my, my perspective. It's good to get goals from everywhere, but that's not a, a sustainable system. 
but that's my view. The other thing I wanted to quickly mention too, which I, which was quite topical on the on the board over the last couple of days, and I'd like to hear your your opinion from both of you is um, about the Adelaide Oval dimensions. A few people being critical that um, it's going to be a bit more narrow than Footy Park, and it might um, reduce the effect effectiveness of a free flowing game style. I would have thought exactly the opposite, really. I think that uh, if you've got a narrow field, then it means that the space going forward is smaller. It probably means there's less room for people to be just runners, and it probably means there's more need for people that can through medium traffic because you're going to get midfield clog. Um, so if anything, I think we'll probably see more physical football. Um, probably, yeah, if you've got a narrow field, you're probably going to see more physical football in the centre because there's going to be more contesting around that centre band, whereas in the fat grounds, you know, you can run out wide as far as you want. Um, and I think that, you know, we've already seen that certainly at SNFL level. That was one of the things you can always see at Nord. They run wide out, and it's ridiculous. Um, I'd love to see a nice long field uh, for Adelaide Oval. I think it would be really good for our style of football. What's it uh, What's it um, shrunk by about? Uh, is it Eight metres, I think, on the wings, in width. Eight metres. Yeah. Yeah, some, I, don't know. I thought it was eight and a couple of metres longer. playing through the corridor a bit more, to yeah. That'd it just narrows the zone, so you, you've got to have either exceptional speed and an ability yeah. to cope with an opponent being on your tail, or you're probably just going to struggle. Um, a guy that can run and do nothing more, but he needs to be completely by himself, it's going to be tough for him to break the lines in the midfield at the end of the day. As long as we have a better record there than what we do at Cadinia Park. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> yep. Well, that won't be difficult, I don't think. Yeah, the wind tunnel is going to be a bit of a problem for Adelaide Oval. I'll be interesting to see how that plays out as far as our uh, ability to score. Um, if we can get on top of it, and hopefully they'll be training a hell of a lot there uh, leading up to the season, um, then that could be a real home ground advantage for us because there's going to be all these teams that come in once or twice a year and they're not going to have any idea how to play that ground. It's going to be quite unique with the hill up there. Yep. And I think that could be a real home ground advantage. Well, not only that, I think those two gaps at the southern end are going to play a bit of havoc with um, set shots at that yeah. end of the ground too because there's going to be a fair bit of wind funneling between those two stands. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think that's, uh, I think that's done it. We've, uh, we've come to the conclusion 2016-17 is going to be the, uh, the time frame where we're going to be hoping for a premiership. Um, a first premiership. I think, I think we've done well. I think we've done well. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I'm glad you guys agreed with me a lot of the time. It makes my life very easy. <laughs> That's it. Well, thanks for coming back on, Porsche. It's been great having you no back. No problem, any time. Yeah, you did well. And Rick, it's uh, always a pleasure. Thank you very much, mate. No whinging from Until me. Until next time. No, no whinging. This is great. <laughs> Until next time. Go the power. Carport. Go the power. Go the power. He can lift the side, 55 metres out, here's a chance for Hodges, can he take it again? He has! Thank you very much! This is almost as if the crowd has injected him with adrenaline and pumped him up, Scotty Hodges, because something's happened... And that concludes our last podcast for 2013. Uh, I want to take this moment to give a massive, massive thank you to everyone that's downloaded, streamed or subscribed to our podcast throughout the year. Uh, for both Rick and myself, uh, we hope you all have a, a great Christmas and we can't wait to talk Port Adelaide with you all again in uh, 2014. Go the power.